On this episode of AV Week, Varix has gotten sold to a VC company. DNB has joined the Avenue Alliance. And we talk about combining entertainment and security systems. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Biamp. This is AV Week, episode 257, recorded Friday, July 29th, 2016. Recombinant. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. Good Friday to you. If you're watching live, if not, then whatever day of the week you chose to download this podcast. Thank you for doing so. Uh, with us to talk about all the news and information for AV, first and foremost, my buddy pal, Ernie Beck, from the beautiful state of Maryland, Scenario. How are you, sir? I'm good, Tim. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, also with us, uh, one of the smartest guys that I know, uh, his name is Joe Cornwall. Uh, he is from Legrand, and he has the coolest title. What is your title? I am the technology evangelist. Evangelist. Dude. Evangelist. I'm here to preach about the, the future of our wonderful industry just... and tell you that there is indeed hope. Technology evangelist. That's just understand. My my grandfather was was an old Assembly of God uh, pastor. So just the fact that you're you, you've got evangelist in your in your title is just freaking awesome. Uh, and last but not least, one of the best editors I know in the business. Her name is Lindsay Adler. She's rolling her eyes at me if you can't watch the video. And uh, she's from SCN. How are you, ma'am? That was actually my aw shucks. It was not an Okay. No. You are seriously. I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Uh, she's out of the grand city of New York, so she is uh, in the the wonderful. If you never get a chance to go by the the, the New Bay offices, the New Bay is the, who owns SCN. They have a cool thing. They have different. Diff- they have actually have bays, and they're different colors, and it's really cool. Mm. So it's a new. It's a plan. Yeah, to name. help everybody know where to go. I think oh, okay. So what what color is your bay? Uh, I'm in the blue bay, the blue and I remember bay. that because it's the boring bay. It, well, it used to be a lot more boring. It used to be really quiet around these parts, but people people come and go, and it's a little bit more lively than it used to be when I first started. <laughs> All right. Blue bay. I'll have to remember that next time I get New York. All right. Let's get this off. Um, actually, this comes from us. It's from uh, avnetwork.com, which is Lindsay's uh, publications website. A good friend of the show, of, of AV Nation in general, Tom uh, Tom Barry, uh, runs a, a company his dad started called Varix. Um, Varix has now sold to a investment group called Five Crowns Capital. Um, it, it, actually, the, the the group was led by Five Crowns Capital. This is, by my count, the sixth or seventh purchase by a VC of an AV company in the last three months. I, I say the last three months. It, understand this is the end of July, so starting around uh, two or three weeks before Infocom 2016. There started being a lot of talk about venture capitalists and IT companies and, and people who have traditionally been looking at how to make money by purchasing companies and turning them around. Um, it happened around the end of, of May. That was when uh, the original 
Polycom conversation started that obviously got switched to a different company. Lindsay, we're going to start with you. First question, what does this mean for Varex, and what does this mean for the integration landscape in the States? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, really, and, and that's what this really presents to me. It's interesting to me. I'm glad that you have a count of how many companies because I, I've sort of lost count. That was that's off one of my, my that's off the top of my head. That's not an official count. So. Well, and and so I have to counter that. How many of those were integrators, and how many were manufacturers? Two? Right. AVISPL. Was there another one? I'm sorry, no. That was that's the second uh, integrator. So you're, okay. you're right. Okay, so anyway, and and this is more interesting than that, I think, because uh, Varix is a, a family-owned company, so this is a, a much bigger deal, I think, for them um, than it was for ABI, which was essentially changing hands um, in venture capital. Uh, so uh, this really presents a lot of questions for me. Uh, is it a sign that things are? It, it could go either way, really. Is it is it a sign that you know they they needed some help, and they needed a transformation, and this firm is coming in to do that, or is it, you know, what it says at face value that they are are looking to take it to the next level, and that that this new owner is going to do it for them, and it's it's great to see that they're retaining the existing management team. So that's always a big what if when it comes to this sort of thing, uh, and it, it's really a sign to me too that I think we're going to be seeing more of this still. Again, um, we've seen a lot of manufacturers change hands um, in the last couple months, but not as many integration firms. But I I, I think this is a sign that. Uh, who's next? <laughs> That's yeah, what I want to know. <laughs> who's, ne- who's next? So let's let make a small plug for, for SCN. Every year you guys do a, a top 50 integrators, right? Mm-hmm. Self-reporting, you don't have to do it, right? This is where you send in my, I have an integration company, you know, ABC integration out of St. Mm-hmm. Louis. I tell you I make $100 million a year. You guys, you know, list that. Mm-hmm. Varix has been on that list for a number of years. They it, were number 26 last year. See, she knows it off the top of her head. Um <laughs> The one thing that's very interesting about this is the fact that that it, they're they're making a new company with, mm-hmm. with this deal. Tom is still Tom Barry Jr. is going to be the major shareholder. He's going to retain the CEO. That's different than the AVISPL one, right? Because AVISPL, you're right, switched one VC company for another one. This one is unique in the fact that they're starting a brand new company. What does that say? Is the fact that they're basically it's, it's a departure from a typical VC investment or a VC buyout. The fact mm-hmm. that they're starting this this brand new company. What do you think that says? It's it's hard to say. That's a good point, actually. Reading in between the lines here, too, is is that uh, that they're calling themselves Varex LLC or whatnot. Um, I I really wish I knew the answer to that. I, I don't have an MBA, so that's what I would call. Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't. I really don't know <laughs> what they're. I have so many questions, actually. I think mm-hmm. I'm the wrong person to, to ask that question. Well, let's to. let's continue. Let's continue this on with with <laughs> Joe here. Uh, Joe, from a manufacturer standpoint, what does this do? Yeah, go ahead. You know, I don't know that it does as much to the industry. I don't. I don't think we can judge what the impact would be on the industry by Verix basically getting a shot of capital, getting a shot of uh, a new perspective. But let's look at a couple of factors that are really driving this. First and foremost, we're, we're seeing that uh, the cost of money is at a, a historic low and 
we can sense that with the economy changing the way it is, things changing the way they are, we've got Brexit that's been thrown into this, the cost of money is going to go up. It's not going to stay artificially low forever. So it's a good time for M&A to be taking place. It's a good time uh, for these things to be happening. And the other part of it is we're seeing a fundamental change in the uh, the fabric of the AV industry where we're seeing uh, growth in, in, in things like tablets and personal uh, portable devices that are going to be integrated with AV. So we've bridged these two industries, making the traditional commercial AV industry, which is, you know, $130, $150 billion a year annual industry, uh, now into something about twice that size. So uh, take a very large target-rich environment, add the ability to have uh, cheap money to put into this and uh, the desire for a lot of companies to take advantage of uh, emerging trends where they see opportunities that haven't been filled. And, you know, it's ripe for this sort of thing. I think it's going to be a little bit longer before we can say what the precise fallout is within the integrator world, uh, but the idea that other companies are investing into the AV industry uh, tells me that, that this is good. All right, well, let's bring the integrator side in here. Ernie, from, from your standpoint, um, you're not in necessarily Varix's backyard, right? Maryland from, from Jersey down to Maryland. But you're yeah. in, in the East Coast type, type of thing, and understand I'm a big dumb kid from the Midwest, so anything like east of Ohio is all yeah. like New York. Um, so, <laughs> Pretty much, so, New York, we're New York South. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, what does this do? I mean, from from your standpoint, obviously not, not anybody in your backyard, but from the overall landscape. Um, you know, I I think I I can't really, you know, as Lindsay said, I can't really read too much in between the lines as far as what the motivations were and and what the real uh, impetus was behind this. Whether it was really just. Um, trying to expand capital and allow them to expand into different markets and open up. You know, we're, we're in a, a landscape now where companies need to be more, um, you know, if you're not thinking outside of your own sandbox and you're thinking nationally, multinational, uh, to serve your clients who have those types of large, you know, those large footprints, um, then then I think you're, you're kind of falling behind the eight ball. And I think this is maybe a good step to, move in that direction for them. And I think you might see this trend happen with other burgeoning integrators that are kind of at the point where they've outgrown their small roots. You know, they started off as a $5 million, $10 million company, but maybe they're now, you know, much, you know, five, six times, uh, you know, six fold of that, um, where that might need to be the case. I, I think what, what I, what concerns me is that, you know, there is going to be a, I think there's going to be a major cultural shift because while owners of companies, especially family-owned companies, are obviously concerned with bottom line, I don't think they're as concerned. I think that they have a much greater attention to the, you know, the personal elements of the of the job of the company of the entire ecosystem that is running that machine, where when you kind of strip that away and and put the onus on you know VC. Um, you know, it can it can change the real focus from being, you know, yes, we are we care about our bottom line, but we care deeply about our clients to we've got numbers to report, we've got numbers to hit, and really that's the focus and the customer experience might fall or might suffer because of that. But um, you know, it's hard to say whether that's the case or not, but I I've seen that happen before um with other acquisitions by private equity. Uh-huh, very good. Uh moving on, uh D and B. Uh this comes to us from uh, overseas uh of our overseas friends, AV Magazine, um, DNB is is joining the the Avenue Alliance, um, and it's interesting here because one of the things that 
Avenue Alliance does is is they are responsible for um, putting together the standards and and putting forth the uh, the AVB slash TSN, making sure that everybody understands that uh, and. Uh, Making sure that the IEEE work group, um, you know, they they provide that and they they market that and make sure that all the little pieces are interconnected. Uh, according to product manager from DNB, the move, quote unquote, is a logical step for the company. DNB is is known as a supporter of open standards such as OSCA, OCA rather, uh, open control architecture. Joining the Avenue Alliance and supporting AVB slash TSN as open audio transport protocols is another good fit for us. Joe, from your standpoint and from a manufacturing standpoint, joining groups like the Avenue Alliance, what does that do for you as a manufacturer? You know, it, it depends so much on, on what you want to do from a marketing perspective and how you want to get your message out there. But it, it tells the industry that, hey, we're serious about this kind of technology. It lends, it lends credence and uh, uh, legitimacy to your efforts in that area. So basically, it's kind of like, you know, investing in the neighborhood. Okay, we're here. We're part of this. We're taking this seriously. Uh, and we want to make products that fit into this area because certainly um, it's really hard to to, I guess, account for the costs of – uh, being a member of the industry, it's hard to point it back to a specific sale or a specific ROI. So I think that it, it, it says that they're very serious about uh, open technology and about growing into uh, the ability to work with other systems that are out there. Of course, you know, if AVB actually gets the, the V and in, do in it, then, then it's a completely different game. All right. Uh, Ernie, from your standpoint, what does this do uh, is somebody who's, who looks to spec products engineer products and put them together. What does this do for maybe the Avenue Alliance and ABB slash TSN? Well, I think it lends some more legitimacy to that base camp. Um, you know, there's there's always been the discussion since AVB's come out that, you know, what's going to be the next standard? Is it going to be AVB? Is it going to be Dante? Really, what's going to take over? And I don't think it's going to be one or the other. It's going to be like the AV industry is. It's going to be an amalgam of all of these different types of um you know, these different types of protocols, but I think what it does is it takes a respected and well-known manufacturer and puts a feather in in the ABB, you know, cap that says we've got another company who's buying into this um, and who's supporting this, and I think that's good because, you know, the V is now in ABB with some manufacturers doing encoding over the ABB network, so I think they've got the complete package, and I think this just only helps them um, kind of grow that that brand. Lindsay, from your standpoint, and, and one quick thing, Lindsay uh, actually attended the Avenue um, uh, Consortium, not this year, but, but the year last year, uh, with our editor-in-chief, uh, Josh Schrago. Um So you've, you've gotten uh, some deep diving with, with, with AVB and some deep diving with TSN. What does this tell you as far as where AVB and TSN and the Avenue Alliance is going, the fact that DNB has jumped on board? Yeah, well, clearly it's a good sign in in that respect that um, big players in the industry are buying into it. More big players are buying into it, especially when you. Ernie makes a great point that you know it's it's not really about one consortium or the other anymore. Even though people still try to make it about that, and you know, DNB 
already speaks Dante, so it's interesting to me that um, they want to add um, Avenue certification to their products also. Uh, so uh, on the one hand, I wonder if, you know, is this clearly a messaging move from them, like, um, you know, the quote in, in the article suggests in terms of supporting open systems, which is uh, not something that enough manufacturers, I think, talk about really these days, so I think that's a good sign from a symbolic sense, um, or is it, you know, about what it actually changes for their dealers, you know, getting the dealer perspective, what it means to them if they see it as significant, or if, again, it's it's more about this whole open conversation in the industry, but yes, again, I, I, I really think Ernie hit the nail on the head when he said that um, it's it's not about one or the other anymore, and, and we've there are people having that conversation, because that's what it's really about. You can use whatever you want, yeah. <laughs> and and it's less about who's winning and who's better and whatnot. It's let, let's just all speak the same common languages and do what we're going to do, make the systems better. I love that. Most Most <laughs> manufacturers don't like the common language, but I absolutely love that part, so... Still. Well, the sooner they, you know, Tim, the sooner they, uh, you know, realize that we live in a, we live in a society where people like choice and they, you know, it's a, it's a capitalist society. So there's going to be competition. It's not going to be all one or the other. Um, I think DMV just, just makes the point that look, we're, our, our hands are, our, our perspective is we're going to play nice with everybody the best we can. And that only opens up more possibilities for their products to be specced in. And it goes back to, uh, I've had manufacturers tell me this for years, if I ask a silly, what I consider a silly question about, oh, are you going to do this or are you going to do that? Um, manufacturers have said to me, we're, hey, look, we're corn operated, right? We, 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 make, we make products to make money. Um, and we had a conversation at, at Super Tuesday this, this past Infocom, and I was making the case that the, the VGA is dead, right? That was, my, that was my, my hypothesis. And I had a panel of people to tell me why I was wrong, and the manufacturer on the panel was, was from Harman. He said, look, people still buy it, right? People still buy VGA, buy the droves in enough that we still make products that have the, the VGA connector, the, 15, the DB15 on it. When people stop buying it, we'll stop making it. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, again, fascinating, the fact that here we are, depending on where you place the, the, the analog sunset, right? Some people put 2011, some people say 2013. Some, I, I, I talked to a guy the other day, he said 2008, right? right. But regardless, the sunset has happened, yeah. and yet manufacturers are still making products with analogs in it because people are still buying it. It goes back to DMB, right? They're, they're making a product and, and, and incorporating uh, a spec because people are asking for it and because people are looking for that, so... Well, it's really going to matter on when the laptops that people are using with VGA connections are going to cycle themselves out of a refresh cycle. Because until those are gone, their users There's are going to always need adapters, them. Ernie. There's always adapters. <laughs> it's actually a very interesting conversation. This happened inside of my own company where it was pointed out to me that our number one selling product is a DisplayPort to VGA adapter. And therefore, my position that DisplayPort is the most important connector for this part of the 21st century was wrong because VGA was still out there. I had to kind of point out that it was only VGA on one end of the adapter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know. <laughs> When you look at this, it really is an anchor to the legacy. It's an anchor to the past. Um, it, analog's dead, man, right? I mean, it, but it's <laughs> not dead yet. It's gone. Who it's cares? feeling it's better. So it's deadish. Deadish. So by lead additive for gasoline. Oh, that wow. Is, Holy cow. Important. <laughs> All right, show of hands. How many of us have ever had a car that actually took leaded gasoline? 
Joe would be the only one. Okay. Still have one. <laughs> Still have one. Of course you do. All right. Let's let's move on here. Um, I I totally lost my. There's the top of it. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay, sometimes your website like jumps around on me. Ah, uh, this is actually goes back to Avian Network. Atlas, Just trying to make sure if you're paying attention. Well, that is, there's that. Atlas <laughs> IED uh, puts in Unified Airport PA and EVAC at DFW. The first part is not that, you know, yay, Atlas IED is at DFW. That's not the, the important part. The important part is the unified part, the, com- the, the okay. combined part. Uh, Ernie, I'm going to start with you on this one. Real quick crib notes on this. Uh, Atlas IED was, was the manufacturer for this. It's a combination entertainment slash uh, emergency notification system. And one of the quotes in there was was actually very fascinating, the fact that um, the new unified approach to a single communication platform that provides excellent intelligibility, automation, which is important, monitoring, and system management is inspiring more airports to plan on adopting similar systems. So, question to you, Ernie, Mr. Integrator. Does stuff like this and in, in, in installations like this, do they provide a good template for guys like you where you're like, oh my gosh, that's cool, I should do that? Or I should put that in my back pocket somewhere. Or are installations like this more one-offs where you go, you know what, that's kind of cool, but it doesn't really apply to me? No. Well, first off, Mr. Integrator, I'm going to start calling myself that from now on, Tim, so thank you. <laughs> um, second, I, no, I think, I think you know, this, does, this article proves a couple of points. One, that smart technology is now changing um, systems like, traditional PA, nurse call, these kind of like analog, dumb microphone speaker systems into these massive complex networks that are intelligent. And I think what that's doing is that's, that's opening up another market to those, those value-based integrators who have IT acumen, who have programming, who can think big picture. So I think it actually bodes well for the AV integration market, first off. Second off, this is the trend that's going to be happening. You know, going back to the to the article about DMB with open communication protocols, you know, everything that's going to be riding on the network, it's not just about riding on the network for riding on the network's sake. It's because there needs to be integration with multiple platforms. And it's not just entertainment and PA. It's entertainment, it's PA, it's EVACs, it's fire alarm, it's wayfinding. This system actually encompasses multiple systems. So as we move into the smart building market, right? As we move into um, whatever you want to term that as, smart building or, you know, uh, intelligent buildings, um, we're looking at combining multiple platforms that can create, you know, that quote that you pull up, I, I had, had that highlighted too, and more intelligent, um, higher degrees of automation, all with the purposes of streamlining automation and creating a better experience um, for the people at the airport, a safer experience, um, you know, a, a more intelligent experience. For example, uh, at BWI, our, our airport near us, a couple years ago, you drive into the express garage and every floor of the express garage has the number of open or you know, open available spaces because each parking space has a sensor on it. And now you pull into that space. So I, now I know that floor three has five available spaces. I zip up there, I find my space. It turns on the light when I pull into the parking space. I mean, combine that with what Atlas IED did with at, at Dallas-Fort Worth, and you're looking at pretty much an end-to-end smart solution. So I think this opens up boundless opportunities for today's integrator. I think if you're not on your IT game, you're going to be falling behind. Lindsay, I mentioned that, that this, this is from you guys from avnetwork.com. 
you guys cover a lot of different manufacturers. Obviously, you go to a lot of the same trade shows we do. We go to a lot of the same people. As I'm reading this and, and, and understanding that you guys are writing it, how many other manufacturers and, and maybe even integrators do you think could pull off something like this, this whole old integrated smart building, use a term that Ernie used, smart facility, right? Because it, it's an airport. It's not just a one building or, or one area. It's a smart facility. How many other manufacturers and, and integrators do you think could pull this off? Uh, that is an interesting question. Um, on the manufacturer side, um, it's funny. I think if you pose that at a manufacturer, many, many of them. We can would. all do it. Yes. <laughs> right, because they all do everything today. Uh, you know, I think Atlas IED is in a very uh, unique position, and it's no surprise that they're doing this. I think this really hits their sweet spot. Uh, but as far as other manufacturers, you know, I could think of a few off the top of my head that are definitely trying to. Um, it's a, a matter of, you know, I haven't seen any implementation like this. I think the airport um, installation for it is is the, a top example, too, because these are highly complex systems that are um, overused and um, most of them are really terrible. I'm, I'm a bit of a travel cynic. Anyone who travels a lot, you know, this is a, a huge problem that it's solving. And actually one of my responses to it was um, you know, hearing is believing, you know, now I, I want to go to DFW and, you know, actually see how intelligible the system is because, you know, again, I mean, I even living in New York City and, you know, riding the subway every day, you know, intelligibility is just a joke and it's not exclusive to any location really at all. But Back to your question in terms of, of who could pull this off, um, you know, I, I really think probably a small handful of manufacturers could. Um, and I, 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 have, I have faith in more integrators, though. I, I think um, there, there are a good number of them, big and, and you know, mid, mid-sized, um, I would say, who, who do really hit, hit this space. You know, Ford AV, of course, um, they, they were the prime integrator on this because they do a lot of these type, type of installations. So it's, it's interesting, too, with the, you know, shift in the market, I think how a lot of integrators are making a lot of money on on the corporate installs now, and that's a great thing. And I don't see um, this type of integration skill translating as easily. Um, so I think moving forward, you probably it's, it's the highly the, the folks who are highly specialized and have been highly specialized in this area that can pull it off. And and I think we've got a good number of those. Again, you know, I'm thinking back to our top 50 list right now, yeah. where probably a good half of them could handle something like this at least. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah. go ahead, uh, Joe. No, a... <laughs> go ahead, Lindsay. <laughs> oh, I think I was just going to circle back how now I have to go there, even though I just booked a flight to Dallas and I booked it into Love's Field without even thinking about this, just because I like that airport better. <laughs> I do like that airport. I'm a I'm a big Southwest guy though, so that's me. Yeah, exactly. No. Anyway, all right, Joe. Um, from a manufacturer standpoint, th- this is obviously a, a a big installation. How do you get jobs like this? Uh, because this is not well. Here's the thing: not for nothing. Uh, John Ivy, uh, I'm gonna say he's my best friend, but I've known John for a number of years. Good guy, right? Just a, a down to earth guy. Um, very smart, very energetic. If you've ever sat down with John for more than five minutes, uh, you need a nap afterwards. Uh, but he had to have worked on this on, on some level, Joe. So, as a manufacturer, how do you get the jobs like this? 
you know, that's a really good question, and, and I want to kind of circle back to something Lindsay said that, you know, there are manufacturers out there who are going to say, well, yeah, we can do we can do all of that. We have all of those pieces. I've got to honestly say that anytime I hear a manufacturer thinks they can do all of these things, that's a manufacturer that's, uh, that's bravado, okay? You have specialists. You have specialties. You have capabilities. What amazes me about this is uh, uh, the players are all top-notch players. To put this thing together took so much talent, but somebody had to have the vision that we could put these pieces together and make it happen. And what I think we're seeing is a harbinger of a fundamental change in the AV industry, and that is the influence of this Internet of Things and this convergence of different technologies, right? So convergence isn't everything goes onto the network. Convergence is all of these smaller tasks that we need to do in a space, such as being in an airport and being able to have legible uh, 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 calls for, for traffic control, but also have emergency capabilities that can override that. These systems are, are interactive. They come back to one centralized system, but they also have edge uh, computing systems to gather the information locally and keep it zoned. So it really does come back to this vision of how the different pieces of technology that are emerging uh, today from our computerized world can be put together in new and interesting ways. This is, uh, you know, uh, a recombinant innovation, I think is the, the phrase that I've heard recombinant yes taking things that are invented by other people and putting together in new and interesting ways recombining them and innovating okay. new approaches by using these parts so this is kind of what we're seeing this idea that suddenly the emergency the emergency paging system can be part of the public address system can be part of the land but also has to have uh, a lot of local elements so when you're circling back to your question how does a manufacturer get into this kind of a project I haven't worked on something like uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, but I have flown there recently, and it is quite, uh, quite a, a sterling installation. But from a manufacturer's point of view, you have to be a, a truly valuable partner to the integration firms. You have to be dependable. You have to provide them with good information. And you also have to be a very good partner with the industry organizations to see what emerging trends are out there so that you can have valuable input and valuable devices that can be leveraged into these systems. If I just go in there with the same thing and say, do it my way, um, that does nothing for the creativity, which is really being driven at the integrator's level, because those are the folks dealing with the tasks and the customers and have the best understanding of what a good outcome should look like. Yeah, that is the, the art of AV, which is, is sometimes the, is. the beauty of it. it so. And Joe, Tim, just, I, yo, go ahead, Aaron. Could I Can I build off something yeah. that... Um, a, a thought that Joe was was just talking about. I, I think he's bringing up. I think he's scratching the surface of a really good point to it. I think this opens up a big opportunity for the manufacturers who are going to start creating platforms that integrate either other systems or other processes. Um, I think it opens up service opportunities for them because if you make an intelligent system like that and you put it all on the integrator to install and commission, you're putting a lot of faith on that integrator to get it right. And I think what it does is it opens up the opportunity for manufacturers to say, look, you sell the system, you install it, you do a level of commissioning, but we are also going to make, we're also going to mandate that we put a certain amount of engineering time in this to make sure the commissioning goes correctly. And I think that you're going to see a greater collaboration between the manufacturers and the integrators to get these systems right, rather than you sell it, hey, hands off, we'll support it on the back end. That's good. That, and that'll if be, I, go ahead. Nope. Um, yeah, I also want to jump in. Joe made a lot of really great points. And and the one that I like 
the most is is this idea of how um, how cutting edge and how big of an idea this is just from a concept to actually unite these systems. And I think what it is is it's a, it's a big deal for the industry to be able to do that. And I think it's actually very intuitive from a consumer sense just by saying, well, why wouldn't you have your PA system and your emergency system together? I mean, announcements are announcements. And I think that's the way a lot of people, a lot of consumers out there think. But traditionally, from a technological perspective, it wasn't possible. And now, again, we get back to the convergence topic where, well, it is possible now to put them on the same network and make it work together. And and it's kind of a simple idea. Like, why didn't anyone think of that before? And now it can work. And and that's why it's a big deal to me also. Well, that's that's a brilliant point. like SCN and and other companies and and shows like this podcast have got such a part to play in this because what we're really doing is letting folks know that um, this kind of innovation is kind of out of the box thinking. It's not that it was impossible previously to combine uh, um, the paging system and the emergency system. Uh, it's that it wasn't allowed. These were separate countries. These had you know different uh, inspectors and different rules and different codes. And it's about education. It's about us sitting back and saying, look, here's how technology has profoundly changed the thing that you're an expert in. And let's try and find a way so that we can take all of these elements and move them into the 21st century so we can increase the efficiency of the industry as a whole. Perfect. I like that. <laughs> this is cool. All right. Uh, for those of you going to Cedia, make sure you're out through DFW now and, and go through that one. I don't have to do that. So, uh, All right, guys. That's have them little hot dogs they sell down there, little corn dog things. I, I, I'm, I'm with Lindsay. I typically go through Love and, and, and go by. There's a there's a barbecue place in Love called Dickie's, and that's one I'll, I'll typically eat at. Been there, done that. Yep. Okay. All right, guys. Jeez, we're talking about food on our Friday afternoon. Ernie, <laughs> Don't uh, get me started. No kidding. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Ernie Beck, Scenario, how can people find you? And thank you so much for joining us, sir. Absolutely. My pleasure, Tim. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Ernie underscore Beck. You can also follow uh, my networking group in the Baltimore, D.C. area at Integrate underscore Be More. Um, or you can call me at Scenario. Right, very good. Mr. Cornwall, thank you, sir. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's Absolutely. been a blast as always. And, uh, you know, keep up with me on at Joe Cornwall on Twitter. I've always got something to say. That's probably residual effect of the Red Bull. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Last but not least, my buddy, Miss Lindsay Adler. Thank you, ma'am. Well, people can find me on Twitter at Lindsay M. Adler and uh, SCN online at avnetwork.com. Yep, she is the fabulous editor-in-chief. You are editor-in-chief, right? I didn't just uh, we work. just call it editor, but right. they're, yeah, it's the same. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. Don't follow me. Um, one quick <laughs> couple of programming notes. Uh, uh, Mr. Netto, Chris Netto uh, of, of AV Nation, and myself will be in Boston, uh, technically Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but the event is on Tuesday. Uh, it's an Infocom on campus deal. Um, so if you're watching this live or you're listening to this early in the week and you're in that area, come by and see us. Um, it's an Infocom on campus. I'm, I'm He and I are going to be talking about technology. A um, whole bunch of really great people will be talking as well. Um, also coming up in, in a couple of weeks, um, we've got uh, two or three news shows that are coming out. We have a brand new one called MHO, which is actually one of Chris's shows. Um, and we have a new uh, couple hosts, uh, one for State of Control and one for EdTech. So uh, watch for those new episodes coming out as well. Uh, but yeah, go by the website if you would, please, avnation.tv. avnation.tv. You will find this program, those programs, and a host of others. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. That's all the time we have for AV Week.
Thank you.